This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and have you been working on your efficiency this year? Personally, I've been doing great. For example, today is both National Hugging Day and Squirrel Appreciation Day. So what did I do? Hugged a squirrel. Boom! And you just realized you should be taking notes during the intro, didn't you? Today, we're talking about seven daily habits to change your life forever. We've got at the roundtable from the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant. And our own personal Rocky the Flying Squirrel from the Earn and Invest podcast, Doc G. And of course, OG's here with the hugs every day of the year. He's just giving them out. Such a warm and fuzzy guy. And now, a guy who appreciates helping you squirrel away your money. It's Joe Saul Seahawk. Doug, just one quick question before we say hi to everybody. Could you hear OG's eyes roll from here? I think they broke, actually. I heard a snap. I could totally hear the eye roll. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Let me be the first to welcome you to the weekend. I'm Joe Saul. See hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. This is the Stacky Benjamin Show. You made it here. We're so happy you're here on National, what is it, Doug? National Hug a Squirrel Day? Let's go with that. Squirrel Appreciation Day. How better to appreciate a squirrel than to go hug a squirrel? And uh, the man with all the hugs across the card table from me here in mom's basement, it is Mr. OG. How are you, man? Uh, my eyes didn't roll because I wasn't listening. Of course. I just heard the, the like, it was like Charlie Brown <laughs> yes. at the teacher. Like, Absolutely. Hey, a very serious question on your Instagram Ooh, the other okay. day. I saw like a, a plane remarkably bigger than yours, but still private jet territory. What was going on there? Uh, it's me not correctly knowing how to send stuff to Instagram. I actually deleted it. <laughs> the symbology there was... Um, I know an airplane that has a similar tail number to that one, 
but one digit off. And so my, I was like, oh, I will send this to my friend and say, hey, I found your plane's big brother. And somehow that managed to end up on my Instagram feed. And, and everybody was like, whoa. And so <laughs> if people stream. happen to think, yeah, you've got a G7, I mean, so be it. <laughs> exactly. Joe's like, so I know we couldn't pay bonuses, but do you think you should be <laughs> putting pictures of easy $50 million right. jets on exactly. Instagram? I'm like, wow, all that podcasting money must be treating you way so better I than me. an audit of the Stacking Benjamin's bank account because yes. you've been telling me we don't make any money, but apparently you have a jet. But does it surprise you, Doug, that OG's walking around pretending he's got one bigger than he does? I mean, planes I'm talking about. Does it does this surprise you? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Paula Pant is here from Afford Anything. Paula, get us out of this mess. I am regretting being here. How did I uh, <laughs> how did I sign up for this? She's I can hear the beeps as she's politely getting I'm gonna go study for a blood test. Yeah. Exactly. How are you, Paula? I'm solid. How are you doing? Fantastic. Ready to talk habits. And I thought this is perfect for you. Yes, because my habits are all either non-existent or terrible. <laughs> Perfect. There's a mountain to climb, Paula, and you're a ready panel to go. Of experts we've got. Most yes. ready for improvement. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, long-time listeners to afford anything. No, that's not true. But also, our special do we call him special guest because he's here an awful lot, Mr. Doc G from our sister podcast, Earn and Invest is here. Hello, hello. I'll have you know we had a squirrel emergency here the other day. Now, now don't get your what is feathers rustled. Don't, don't get your feathers you rustled. It, it worked out okay. It? Did you overcook it? We no, no, no. We had a squirrel on our second floor windowsill of my bedroom for like hours, and it just sat there sunning itself in our warm fifteen degree Chicago weather. And we were trying to figure out what to do, but eventually it found a way off our windowsill. But we were afraid that we would have to do a squirrel rescue. Oh, oh, that it wasn't going to make it off the ledge like it was stranded there. Yeah. It, well, and, you know, squirrels can like fall from very high heights and they somehow orient themselves. And even if they hit the ground, they don't they don't hurt themselves. But we were starting to think it was like an elderly squirrel or maybe a squirrel with dementia or something <laughs> like that. We, squirrel. We, we had all sorts of reasons hey, Sonny, why it, it do you think you can help me out? I seem to get on this ledge by accident. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we were thinking. But somehow it, it found its way off. This is like the least urgent squirrel emergency I've ever heard. <laughs> well, things like that really ex- that it attached itself to the back of your head or anything. Just, <laughs> it was sunning itself and this becomes an emergency in your house. How the hell we, did we, we get here? Everybody's here to talk <laughs> habits and we're talking about squirrels emergencies in Chicago. Like, wow, we are five minutes in and this is going nowhere. We do have a great show. We're talking habits. Uh, we're going to be talking about a great blogger, Joshua Becker's piece on creating fantastic habits. But first... This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right. And now 
Let's get this party started tucking some habit-forming activities. realized with with no thought of comedy in my voice at all that I said habit forming activities but I remember when my mom called anything an activity that meant I didn't want to do it right there was like no that hey we have an activity no I don't want to do the activity but today we're going to talk about seven daily habits to change your life forever this piece says written by Joshua Becker Joshua says you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Paula, you said you're actually John, actually John Maxwell said that. Did I say John Maxwell said, or I say Joshua Becker said that you said Joshua Becker. Yeah. Joshua Becker wrote this piece. Thank you. And he yes. starts off with a quote from John, John Maxwell. Maxwell. Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, Joshua, you wrote the rest of this, but not that you're correct. Uh, but, but uh, Paula Pant, you say that you're b- bad at this, but do you believe that John Maxwell quote that it's changing something you do daily? Your daily routine is the s- secret to success. Sure, absolutely. So so it reminds me of a similar quote that comes from James Clear, where he says, and I'm paraphrasing, something to the effect of, um, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your habits. And Mm. so if there is something that you want to do, whether it's related to physical fitness or career or money, uh, in any vertical of your life, forming habits, daily habits is the way that you get there. Well, let's dive into these because the first thing he says, Doc, is is his number one on the piece. Joshua Becker's now not John Maxwell's is the three item to do list. He says the three item to do list is revolutionized my life. Every morning with my cup of coffee, I write down the three most important tasks that I need to complete that day. It's a practice I cannot recommend enough. It'll keep you focused on your priorities. Uh, sound like a strategy to you? So actually of all of these, this is the one I have the most mixed feelings about because of the truth of the matter is most of my goals are incredibly long-term, right? So I'm thinking months to years, not often days. So for me, I've never found that to be incredibly helpful, but I could see it being helpful for other people. And certainly emotionally, this idea of feeling like you got something done every day. But I have to say out of this list, this was certainly one of my least favorite. Oh, gee, how about you? You work from a short to-do list? Uh, I would say that I'm kind of an anti-to-do list person. Frankly, I don't, I don't get any joy of the checking off boxes. But, but what this reminds me of was the Steve Jobs thing about like trying to keep on making things more and more simple. And so one of the stories that I've heard told about him was as he was getting ready for those very famous launches of Apple products when they would have the big videos and all that stuff, he would keep on changing the font. And people would say, well, the font's too big. We can't fit all the stuff on there. He'd go, well, just we need fewer words. And he would keep on like increasing the font until he could only get one word. And it's kind of the same thing, right? If you just, if you just take all of the stuff that you have to do and say, well, I don't need to worry about all of this stuff. I need to do these things or this thing. Uh, uh, it's that so you don't, progress. You don't like the fact that it's a to-do list, but you do like the three things, like keeping it simple. Yeah, just, you know, we just, people get too busy and stressed out about like the 40, 40 million things on their to-do list. You know, I need to do all these things. Like, no, you don't. You got to do one or two a day and you're good. Paul, I was, yeah, Paul, I was listening to a podcast this morning where this gentleman said, 
if you work on a to-do list at all, maybe to OG's point, that, that you're actually lowering your income stream. And, and the reason that he said that is if you're working from a to-do list, you're not thinking the right question, which is, should I be doing these things at all? Are these actually necessary things? Mm. Well, I mean, that, that might be a bit of a strong statement. I think probably the intention of what that podcaster was saying is instead of indiscriminately dumping everything onto your to-do list, you first assess, uh, you know, do, defer, delegate, eliminate, like you first assess what needs to be done. But then once you make that assessment, there are certainly going to be things that need to be done that will get onto a to-do list. Duck G has problems with this one. Uh, OG says he doesn't work from, we've got lots of G's going here, but uh, OG says he doesn't like working from one. He doesn't get any gratification from checking the box. What about you? To-do list? I love to-do lists. Oh, sorry. That was not for me, was it? That was for you. Yes. Oh, good, good. It was for me. Okay. Yes. Um, hey, how about that? All right. Yes, I love to-do lists. I, I, I do love the the psychological gratification of checking something off, no matter how small. It like gives me that little win. So that motivation can sometimes be enough to to keep your head in the game, to keep you going. I like, I like to do lists mostly for me because I have ADD something fierce. And if I don't write down my priorities, which are my, my to-do list are those long-term priorities that Doc G talks about. And if I don't have it on my calendar as a to-do at this time, it does not get done. Talk about squirrels and hug a squirrel day. I am, I'm all about the squirrel moments. So I need to, to, to keep those at bay. Number two on this list is to exercise. Uh, Joshua writes, when I lived in Vermont, I had a mentor named Jeff that I looked up to quite a bit, still actually do. Jeff used to ask me and other men an unusual question we'd spend time together. He'd ask, so are you staying physically active? I used to think Jeff was concerned about my physical health, but as I've embraced a daily practice of exercise, I've learned the benefits are not just physical, but they're mental and emotional as well. OG, you down with that? Is, is exercise an important habit for you? hugely important. In fact, uh, I have disragged away the entire day today learning about zone two exercise. Zone two? What, what the hell is zone two? Ah, it's just uh, it's basically longer duration, lower intensity exercise. Than zone one. Yes. <laughs> but not as... Zone two was for loading and unloading only. But not as, not as tough as zone three. You, you, you're figuring it out. I mean, you got, you picked it up a lot faster than I did. It took me the entire day <laughs> that you have been able to synthesize this into just a very quick uh, dissertation. Yeah. No, I mean, from an exercise standpoint, everything changes if you move your body from an emotional standpoint, you know, you, why do we always have our best thoughts when we're, you know, on a bike ride or on a walk or, being in a place other than sitting in front of your computer, you know, and it's because you give your mind the opportunity to wander a little bit and be creative and you need energy to do that. And, and so you have to, you have to manage your energy as best as you can. Some of it is the food, which he talks about in just a quick second, but a lot of it is what you do with your physical body. So, so hundred percent exercise. Absolutely. We should probably ask the medical doctor in the room, doc G I'm, I'm assuming your head's nodding while OG's talking. Yeah, totally. There's no question about it. Um, when I think about my habits that keep me productive and sane, a lot of that also has to do with anxiety. I think we naturally as people have a certain amount of anxiety and there are certain habits you can do that help decrease that and make you more productive. 
I think there are three big ones, one of which is mentioned in this list, two which are not. The first is exercise, which is exactly what you're talking about. I think it's a, a natural anti-anxiety activity, and I think it's really good for everybody. The two other things which aren't mentioned in this list is listening to classical music. I can't tell you how it calms me and how I become more productive uh, when I listen to quiet classical music. And the last one is that M word uh, that we should or mostly all do alone in our rooms, which is meditation. I was wondering, I'm going through all the M words. I'm like, well, I want to make sure that you can say it on the show, but that that, that one's okay. Good job. This this is the one I struggle with all the time, Paula. I'm going to ask you first, because for you, I think turn off the TV, which is Joshua's next one, is Mm -hmm. a great habit that he has formed. But man, I struggle with this. I'm like, oh, nothing going on. I'm just going to turn on the TV. So we, you know, we were just talking about the importance of letting your mind wander, like with with exercise, you let your mind wander. That's where great thoughts uh, and ideas and, and synthesis of ideas can can form in your quiet moments around the house. You know, when it's nine p.m. and you're kind of you're done with working for the day. There's not you know, but you're not quite ready to go to bed. Um, I was going to say, and if you're Paula and you're still two hours away from headed to the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes having quiet, even in, in those moments, can give your mind space to think. And when we're just constantly fed with external stimuli, that doesn't happen. And so oftentimes having the television playing at, at night, um, you know, whether it's a show you're streaming or a movie that you're watching or whatever, it keeps you from having the space to, to let your mind sort of go. Is this where, Doc, Doc, the meditation piece comes in? Uh, I think it is. I mean, it's a good way to kind of slow your thoughts and slow your mind and just kind of let go of the stress of the day. I hate to say it, but I actually love TV. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving up my TV. I like watching TV every night. This was a bad one for you. Like, nope. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, a, it's a no-go from the beginning. I enjoy TV. I have no problems with it. It's one of the few times I live a life of deep thought. Like I spend all day thinking uh, and about seven or eight at night, it's, it's nice to do something that requires almost no thought. It's and interesting. I, a difference. I was going to say, I think there's a difference too between what you're consuming, right? Comedy or, you know, a, a sporting event or something like that versus the cable news channel, you yeah, know, which, yeah. which, which, you know, or even the, the local news channel, which is uh, 90% negative, you know, stuff. So there's a little bit of that, I think as well. Something, oh gee, you and I have been friends for a long time and something I've seen you embrace more and more over the years is the fourth one on this. So I'd like you to talk about that journey a little bit. Practice gratitude. Man, I see you now practicing what I see is gratitude all the time versus when we first met, like you're like most people, um, you know, a little bit of gratitude, but not like today. I can't tell you're being sarcastic or not. I am not. <laughs> is it, is it, do I give you compliments that, that unfrequently? That, that it, infrequently that I have no idea <laughs> if it's like, what are you talking about? Gratitude. You totally I, do. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Gratitude I mean, for your team, the people around you, the no, lifestyle you live. The, the, the reality about being great gracious is that you can't have that and any other emotion in your body at the same time. So doc, you were talking about feeling stress at some point in time or anxiety or something like that. You cannot be simultaneously grateful and anxious. 
just, it doesn't work. You can't be angry and grateful. You can't be sad and grateful. You can't be anything and grateful at the same time. So if you find yourself going down that path and it sounds really super corny, the keeping up with the Joneses or trying to like, you know, uh, finish the project and you're stressed or whatever, you can't also feel all those things and be grateful. So if you're going down that path of, of some of those negative emotions, if you take a moment, even as silly as it sounds and write down, like, here's all the stuff that I'm happy for, or happy about or thankful for, you immediately transform yourself from being in that state to another state. It's just, it's, it's very mind boggling how it works, but, and people do this all different ways. Journaling is a great way of doing it. Um, writing down, like, here are the things that happened today. You know, the good things that I'm excited about. We do it with our kids somewhat frequently, like the, what happened at school, right? My kids got their, their report cards today. So they're really excited about it. You know, that's, it's a good topic. So you can't talk about that and then also be mad about something else, you know, just it's a good place to be. Yeah. I think that's, it's fantastic. Number five on this list of great habits to work on in 2022 or to change your life forever. Uh, Doc, I want to go to you with this one because you've got a book coming out this summer. Uh, and I would think when in, in your book, you're going to be talking about people that are w- with maybe a lot of emotional pain and, and physical pain. And I feel like this idea of writing something has got to be part of the prescription for those times in your life. I think writing is one of the most important things we can do to help sort out our feelings. And in fact, in my own life, when I started coming to terms with the fact that maybe being a doctor was not my true purpose, that caused me a huge amount of anxiety and depression. And one of the ways I dealt with it was that I started a blog about personal finances. And of course, you can say, okay, personal finance, what does it have to do with being a doctor? But it had a lot to do with my choice of profession and why I did what I did. And so I wrote a blog post almost every day for a full year. And it became like an online diary of what I was feeling and why. And it was probably the one place where I really got to work through some of the stress of my life and what I wanted. It was more for you than for your readers. I think it was. No, I think it was for both because I think there's also, uh, don't get me wrong. I think writing daily can be highly personal and you can do it for yourself in a very non-public way at home and just leave it at that. I decided to do it publicly because in the process, I was not only able to state kind of my goals and my dreams, but I feel like once I put it out there in writing, it made me take them seriously. Like if I'm going to write it and put it in public, it became real. And so for me, that was very helpful. Paula, you and I have had the discussion before that neither of us writes as much as we used to, mm-hmm. but, but I feel for me, and I'm wondering if you share this feeling or not, that when I do sit down to write now, like those are some of the best hours of my day. Like those are really, really healthy times for me. Do you feel that or has your moved away from writing been, <laughs> been maybe better and you like it better? <laughs> I think even when I was writing a lot more, there was a distinction between when I knew that I was writing something that was going to be made publicly available versus when I was stream of consciousness writing for myself. And certainly stream of consciousness writing, journaling, uh, processing through my thoughts, feelings, you know, not even having a plan for what I'm going to say, just seeing what comes out of my fingertips. That Those are great moments because it's personal, it's for me, it's flow state. 
But when I'm doing the type of writing in which I'm, I know that what I'm creating is something that's made for the public and it's going to be published, it's, it's just, it's a different form. It's necessarily being a little bit edited, even on the first draft. And so as a result, it's not quite as free. It doesn't feed you as much then? Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, I've found um, lately, the longer that I do Instagram, which for me feels like a, a necessary evil of kind of doing what we do, but I'm embracing it more and more. And I'm finding that Instagram is kind of becoming my my diary place, you know, mm. where these photographs and the stuff that I write underneath the photograph is, is kind of taking the place of the old blog post that I used to have. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you think of Instagram or Twitter and you think of these as microblogging sites, they are spaces where you can write uh, short form content that, you know, that you can write every day. Um, the, The downside with Instagram right now, there was definitely a point where I was viewing Instagram as a daily journal. And this was back when I was publishing on their daily. Now, reels are so popular that you know that Instagram's turning into a video content platform. It's just killing the vibe for me. Mm. I just, I watch, I don't know, I watch uh, a half an hour, 45 minutes of reels, hoping the next one's the good one that, I, that, that, that I've been <laughs> missing. I'm like, come on, it's got to be the next one, maybe. Number six on this list is to reset your kitchen. Every night before you go to bed, clean your kitchen. In a practical sense, it'll help brighten your mood in the morning. After all, there are a few things less desirable early in the morning than needing to clean up yesterday's mess. Uh, oh, gee, I remember it was actually uh, someone in the military who told me that if you can't really get your day started, go make your bed in the morning. But Josh was talking about at night having that with your kitchen. Do you embrace some sort of a ritual like that? Yeah, you might be talking about the University of Texas, very famous um, commencement speech that it was Admiral McRaven, who was a Navy SEAL. And, and he talked about the first thing you should do every day is make your bed because it ends your day perfectly. That's you the one. Get into yeah. a, you get into a nicely made bed and it also gives you a win. You get to check a box. You know, one of your three things, make bed. Got it. But this makes sense also because uh, from a kitchen standpoint, that's kind of, you think about where everything congregates, especially with kind of the sort of layout of most homes is, you know, you got the family room or the kitchen and that's kind of where everything is. And that's also where all the junk goes and the clutter and the, you know, disorganization can happen there just as uh, quickly as any place else. And so if you think about, you spend a lot of time there, you want it to be in a position that that uh, gives you kind of some, some peace, I guess, if you will. So, um, so yeah, don't go to bed with dirty dishes. I'm going to stick you, I'm going to stick with you for the last one, because I think the last one on this list, uh, number seven, eat together. I think that that's, that's something that you really stress with your family, if I'm correct. Uh, Yeah. I mean, by and large we have during, you know, certainly during the week and probably most weekends have meals as a family. My grandparents, I have all of these memories of them. And and one of them in particular is my grandfather and my grandmother uh, worked together. They owned the same business and grandma would go home a little bit earlier than grandpa and fix him a, you know, a cup of soup and a half a sandwich. And then he'd come home and they'd have a soup and sandwich together. And I remember this and in and, and the not too distant past, I, I remember working at work from home and my wife works from home also uh, when she's not dealing with the kids. And so she called me to lunch and there's a little soup and half a sandwich. And I'm like, Oh, we're like grandma and grandpa. That's so cute. But, um, uh, but if you can do that, you know, if you have that meal 
And it's just a good place, you know, to have that conversation. You do it without the TV on and with the classical music playing, you know, and you talk about what happened well. I mean, you can, and then you get your kids to do the dishes and make their bed. I mean, you've got two things checked off on your to-dos. You got no TV, you're listening to classical music, like Doc said, and you're eating together. I mean, you're basically a minimalist, just like that. I like the uh, mix and match of these different uh, habits there, OG. Nice flex there. You can do it all at one time and then you don't have to worry about the rest of the day. That's right. Coming up in just a little bit, we are going to have part two of this discussion. What habits do our panelists have or maybe somebody from our audience? What habits do they have? But first, it's time for our trivia challenge. This is our year-long competition where our three contestants who are here most of the year, our three contributors to the show, OG, Paula, and Len Penzo are in a year-long battle to see who takes down the worst trophy on earth. Just this amazingly bad trophy that uh, Karen, our producer, picked up. Doc G, today you're playing on behalf of Len Penzo, and there's good news and bad news there, my friend. I fail to see that there's any good news there. (laughs) Well, for Len, and if anybody (laughs) new to the show knows that uh, Doc G has a way of uh, maybe, maybe not guessing very accurately. A very smart guy. However, when it comes to trivia, not not your thing, Doc. I don't know what the deal is. That's because you guys always put me first. If you made me third, <laughs> I could anchor on someone else's guess, and then at least I could do one above or one below, and I, I'll be fine. But well, no, it, you always put me first. And that is the bad news today is that you are first again. <laughs> yes, and today's well, trivia will be entertaining. <laughs> there's there's something else here, Doc. Uh, today's trivia challenge is brought to you by Magnify Money. You know what happens when you head to StackyBenjamins.com? com slash magnify money. I have no idea. Tell me. Oh, you find that those banking products at your brick and mortar bank, Doc, they are probably not best in class. And Magnify Money takes 92% of all the things available online and compares it and contrasts it against each other. So savings accounts, checking accounts, lower your fees, raise your interest rates. How great is that? StackingBenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. All right. Uh, Bad news for Doc. He's going first because he's the returning champion. That means OG's going second and Paula then has the the opportunity then to kick this thing off. So, Doug, here we go, man. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. To think just seven habits to change your life, and not one of them involves Nutella. It's disappointing. The last time I got this philosophical was when I was talking to Verizon and asking them what the meaning of unlimited data really was. I think of unlimited, I think no limits. But apparently Verizon and I have philosophical differences over this terminology. But let's turn from being philosophical to physical. It's National Hugging Day. According to Dignity Health, hugging releases oxytocin, sometimes called the cuddle hormone, hormone. It can lower your heart rate and stress and even lessen cravings for drugs, alcohol, and sweets. So I'm guessing Joe has not been cuddling. (laughs) Easy. A woman in Portland, Oregon, actually started a cuddling company called Cuddle Up To Me. So my question is, and the question on your mind, I'm sure, is how many, excuse me, how much is it? to book a three-hour cuddling session with a master cuddler. How much is it to book a three-hour cuddling session with a master cuddler? 
I'll be back with the answer after I see if they'll let me pay on two separate credit cards. Well, Doc G, you're kicking off this one, and I know that you've already tried to book those appointments three hours with a cuddler. I imagine <laughs> how much how much fun you'd have in Portland, Oregon, just cuddling with a stranger. Well, first of all, Doug mentions oxyco- oxytocin, then he mentions heart rates, and I'm like, great, finally, I'm a doctor. This is going to be in my <laughs> wheelhouse. And then he had to bring it back to finances and money. Doug, come on. Come um, on. But cuddling, that's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm going to say 150 bucks. 150 bucks for three hours. Yeah, $50 an hour. Sounds good to me. All right. And uh, OG, how about you, my friend? There's so much I could do with Doug and <laughs> like the hourly rate thing. And just, I mean... <laughs> So many, as I said, a dimly lit hotel or motel, as it were. I, I, I um, don't know. I, um, I don't think this is that kind of service. I think it really is truly cuddling. Sure, just cuddling. Sure, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, you can't give me a back rub. Man, there's so much to say here. Uh, I think that 50 bucks an hour is a little light. <laughs> you think the cuddler's worth it? Worth more? If, I mean, I would pay way more to an expert cuddler. Just for uh, hold. I know this is for a master cuddler. Can I, what if I get an apprentice or like a <laughs> journeyman know. cuddler? Is that a lower rate? There's, there's still more. There's, uh, there's a whole bunch right there even to unpack. I can, <laughs> uh, let's go with, um, uh, this is going to be $399. Three ninety nine, not four hundred. For the low price of three ninety nine, you can cuddle with the master cuddler. Yes. Well, Paula, last time you went to Portland and had the master cuddler experience for three hours, what did what did that cost? So here are my thoughts. So so the answer is not applicable to your direct question, but here are my thoughts as I'm trying to. As far as I know. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> Um, but here are my thoughts as I'm trying to figure out how much this service might cost. So the company that's providing it would need to pay the cuddlers who are most likely 1099 freelance contractors and also take a cut for themselves for all of the, the marketing and administration that they do. And I'm going to guess that, you know, the, the cuddlers, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that that split is maybe somewhere around 50, 50 to each party. Um, also, the keyword here was master cuddler, which, of course, suggests that there are different pricing tiers. So all of that is to say, based on that, I think the actual answer is that it's probably around $100 an hour, so 300 in total. But for the sake of strategy, I'm going to guess 398 <laughs> $390. Takes the top side. Well, that's interesting. Yes. And so... Master cuddler. Now, if it were just a journeyman to talk about the discussion we were having earlier, you know, an, an entry level cuddler. Uh, yes, I would. I would guess maybe seventy five per hour or seventy. Seventy five, right? Right. So yeah, that would be what two twenty five. Yes, for a three hour session. Like Doug's trying to work his way up from journeyman baiter, so he's uh, <laughs> wants to get to the next level there. Really, Joe. Really? <laughs> Jeez, was, oh my gosh. Right. Notice how Doug's not right. taking the bait. You're right. 13. Right there. Ah, uh, 
So we the, we have our three guesses. Uh, we will be right back uh, after everybody goes and rinses out after that <laughs> experience. Shower. Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Stackers, you've heard the bad news. Mint is shutting down. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, well, there is some good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money, it's what Cheryl and I use to manage our money. I, as you know, advocate a weekly meeting and Cheryl and I live by that weekly meeting. We sometimes miss it, but we get back on the horse and half the reason is, is because we consistently get updates and reminders from uh, Monarch money. I'm a notifications off kind of guy, but with Monarch, I want to see the notifications because it helps us collaborate. We have our goals right next to the short-term spending that we have when we open up the app so we can see exactly what we're truly going for. And, you know, compare that thing in the moment that we want with what's the long-term goal. It's truly the next generation of personal finance apps. If you've been frustrated that there's ads all over your app or it's difficult to use or doesn't get updated, the Monarch people were too. And that is why they built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, your investments, your transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you head to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. You're going to get to kick the tires for 30 days, which I absolutely love because you want to make sure that it's for you. And I think the longer you use it, the more you will see like I did, that uh, it's intuitive, number one. It has this very simple design that makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. It's easy to collaborate. Uh, Cheryl has her login. I have mine. We can set up how we want. And you can send it to your financial advisor as well to have them have a login, anybody who's on your team. And you know what? No extra fee for that, which is amazing. It's all customizable, customer-focused, ad-free privacy you can trust. They'll never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. So after trying out Monarch for myself, I get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, you can try too with an extended 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y. 
com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, the guesses are in, but let's see how people are feeling. Doc G, uh, I, I, usually you're over by like a million. Today, it appears you're kind of in the game if, if Paula's logic is right. Well, the truth of the matter is I will be within my factor of 10. So I've won already. <laughs> well, you don't know. I mean, what if it's a bajillion dollars for a I've cuddling? won already. Who but I, yeah, I, I probably am a little bit low, but uh, I don't know. So it's the hours, right? Because if you get a professional massage, et cetera, you know, it's probably not going to be 400 Wait bucks, Wait but it is three hours. Part? Yeah. What's the et cetera part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the professional massage. <laughs> well, that greatly affects the hourly rate. Et cetera. <laughs> I, I like to keep it vague, Doug. I like to keep it vague. Is that like putting extra cheese on the cheeseburger? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, oh, gee, $3.99, but you got uh, your knees capped on the downside. It's got to be 400 or more. I mean, How are you feeling about that? It's not a very big hourly rate. One, 130 an hour, 150 an hour. Still could I mean, be a premium experience. It better be for a master cuddler. Yes. Paula? I'm feeling pretty good about my guests, but I also know that pride cometh before the fall. So let's find out. <laughs> she's had a year. She's had, what, three years of that uh, <laughs> pride before the fall. Let's see who's going to take today's challenge. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, I looked into this cuddling service, which also is the answer to today's trivia question. What does a three-hour session with a master cuddler cost? Of course, you could just book the 30-minute appointment, but then you, you leave right when the cuddling's getting started. I don't truly start sweating until at least 90 minutes in, and what's the point of cuddling if we're not doing it while watching the entirety of Titanic on Netflix? So, if you're DTC for 180 minutes, how much is it going to cost you? The answer is $240, which means Doc G is our winner. What the hell is going on? Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, are you sure? Did you do that math right? <laughs> I did because he's only 90 bucks off. That is at 150. Oh, no, no, no. I know the math is right, but you just said Doc G is the winner. That, I, I, oh, I think that? the problem is that OG and Paula only go for high class cuddlers. <laughs> Oh, goodness. What is Congratulations. Doc wow. G gives Len Penzo a 2-0-0 lead early in the season. Don't, don't worry. We're still early in the year. I have plenty of chance he's, to he's, uh, to go back to my old ways. He's, he's off and running. Welcome to the second half of our discussion about habits. And in this half, we want to dive into the habits that our uh, crack team of panelists have. And maybe we'll have some people from our audience here live on Fireside with us. We record these Monday at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. You do the math on where you are. But we'd love to have you join us. Uh, that's nearly every Monday on the Fireside app. But uh, uh, let's start with you, Paula Pant. What is a habit that, or a way to make sure that you create a habit that really has helped you either with money or to make your life better? Well, a way to make sure that I'm forming a habit is to stack it onto an existing one. So at the 
concept is called habit stacking, appropriately enough. And the idea is that if there's something in your life that's already a habit, then you tie a new habit that you want to develop onto that. So for example, you already have a habit of brushing your teeth twice a day. So if there's something that you want to add to your morning routine or your evening routine. Well, Doug you- doesn't, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> that was the exact same thing I was going <laughs> to say. I was like, oh, when, when can I put in Doug doesn't? When can I put in Doug doesn't? Ah. Oh. Good job, all of you. So you get the idea. Yes. <laughs> Doc G, how about you? A habit to either manage money better, make your life easier? So first and foremost, we were talking about how to actually form a new habit. I, I like to try to schedule it into my day. Like I'll even put it into my schedule and try to kind of make that part of your weekly schedule already so that it's already there and you've already allotted the time. A big habit for me, we already talked about some of the other ones uh, before that I used to deal with anxiety, but I think laughter is a big one. And I think you should try to do something that causes you to laugh every day. Um, one way that we schedule that into our into our schedules, Joe, is that you and I work together on Second Benjamins on some of the comedy and some of the writing along with Doug and Paulette and, and sometimes Josh, et cetera. So I like kind of that because I know that the days we're meeting, that there's going to be laughter in my days. So maybe it's a YouTube video. Maybe it's a TikTok. Maybe it's a specific channel you like that you know makes you laugh. Uh, I like to try to do some of that every day because it just makes you feel better, even in the most stressful days. It completely does. And and I agree when I changed, quote, careers from financial planning over to, well, even from blog writing, which was a little more serious to a show like ours, where if I'm making myself laugh and we're doing good money tips, uh, our day's going very well. Like that's the congruency there for me is just fantastic. Speaking of congruency, Doc G just mentioned her Paulette Perhatch, the amazing writer behind not just Stacking Benjamins, but a bunch of other stuff, uh, joins us. But, but Paulette, what's your hack for all the success that you've had? Um, it is learning something every day. And I started doing this back when I landed in a temp cubicle the size of a telephone booth, super broke. And I was like, I am not staying here. And I just decided I was going to learn 10 key because I was doing data entry. It was super interesting and great. Um, and, and I just learned a little bit every day and practiced a little bit every day. And that is a habit that stuck with me. And I now find myself like that that has been the real difference with becoming a person who can strategize and have a higher view. It's almost like when you see drone photography, right? The information you get on the ground versus the information you would get from a drone is completely different. Yeah. And so it's really about up in your game. Now I have a question about how you do that. First of all, what is 10 key? I have no idea what 10 key is. That's the little uh, like numerical keyboard. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But, but the second question is, do you then have a strategy by which you decide what you're going to work on ahead of time? Or is it more, you wake up during the day and you, by the end of the day think, okay, what did I learn today? Like, is it, is it after the fact or is it intentional ahead of time? Oh, it's intentional. I put 15 minutes on my calendar every day. And what, when I had a day job, what helped me was after lunch. I found that was a good time when I was like, knew how my day was going and I had a handle on it, but it wasn't, I wasn't quite like ready to hop in yet. I was like, it was pretty passive. And, uh, as your ADHD sister, I either have like a plan and I'm like, I'm taking this class or 
I just go with where my energy is for the day. And so I'm like, I'm really into something like I'm just going to do that. And that's fine. I just try to go with, with the flow. Yeah. Nice. Oh, gee, how about you? A habit or a way of diving in to habits that helps you either manage money or live a better life? I think for me that the thing that helps the most is making little, for lack of a better term, challenges for myself. Like I'm going to do whatever, a hundred pushups a day for the next week. Like I don't care about forever. I remember uh, I had this habit a long time ago and don't send me hate mail. I got it. It's over and done with, but I used to chew tobacco for a long time, many years. And I decided to stop. And one of the things that I realized was, was that my habit was whenever I got gas, you know, cause you drove to work, you did, you know, you stop and get gas and like people did, they'd go inside and get a pack of cigarettes. I would get a can of chew. And so I decided from that point forward, forward, I was never going into a gas station again. That was it. Like I didn't, I wasn't not going to chew. I was just not going to go into a gas station, which made it so that I ran out eventually. And, uh, and almost to this day, I still don't really going. And now I do, it's been, you know, the better part of 10 or 12 years since I have, but I still think about it. It's like really weird how I still think about it. So I kind of have to think about the activity that will put me in a position to be successful of the thing that I wanted, right? If I want to be in really great shape for an upcoming event or something like that, like, I can't think about like going to the gym all the time. That doesn't work for me. I think about like, oh, I'm going to walk and get a cup of coffee every day for the next week, you know, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, now I'll walk for two weeks because that was fun. I'll walk for three weeks and now I'll walk and do like Paula said, I'm going to add push-ups to it or something, you know, kind of stack those things. So. My issue uh, is, is that I actually had a uh, consistent workout routine. It was first thing in the morning. I like exercising before my brain actually realizes what the hell I'm doing. Like if I can be... <laughs> trick it. Yes. If I can be out there before I fully wake up, like, you know, then you're halfway done. And the hardest part is anybody knows the exercises that it's just getting you there. Once you're there, you're great. Like that's yeah, I'm not trying to go to the gym. I'm just trying to put my gym clothes on. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to work out. I'm just going to drive to the gym. And if I drive and I just happen today to sit in the parking lot for the entire day, so be it. Well, right. And once you're there, you're like, what am I doing? I might as well go in. I might as well walk in and see what happens. Yeah. Well, you had a habit, Joe, for how many years did you run a mile every day? I ran every, I ran every day well over, uh, uh, what? 2,800 through 3,000 days in a row. Um, so uh, how did did you stick with that considering I know at least one day where I was at your house and you might've had a bottle or glass, I mean, of two (laughs) or wine and you were like, crap, it's 1150. I haven't done my mile yet. It was raining so hard too. Remember? It was like a thunder. I I stood inside and watched from, I was like, oh, Joe. It was a thunderstorm. And you're like, you're doing what? You're like, why don't you? I'm like drunk so many times. And (laughs) he did way more than a mile because he's weaving across the road. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, The pedometer says you ran six miles, but you just (laughs) ran around the block. That's right. Well, here's the issue that I had though, which is that I tried to integrate a new habit, which is uh, I wanted to start my work day 
at 6 a.m. and and work from oh. 6 to noon or from 7 to 1. And then because I find when I go on vacations and I have all these experiences that I come back with great ideas. And I went to Hemingway's house and that's what he did was worked in the beginning of the day. Then he went fishing in the afternoon. And you look at some of the adventures that he had and how they appeared in his work. So I thought, wow, instead of getting these ideas every once in a while, I would love to start early. Plus I'm a morning person, but I'll tell you what happened. My workouts went out the window and I have very quickly added about eight pounds, like very quickly added that, uh, between that and the holidays. So I have had to figure out how to do both of these things. And starting today, I decided that I would do my workout right at the end of my day at noon or one to make sure that I put this border between the, you know, work and not work. Um, and it seemed to work for one day, but one day does not make a habit. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Doug, you've got, you, you, you know, we made fun of you earlier and we're obviously kidding about brushing your teeth, but, but you must have, uh, have something that's been a big winner for you. <laughs> I heard that little squeak of doubt from OG. I've got a bunch and, and actually one, I didn't even realize I did as a habit. We, we talked about earlier, which is the kitchen thing. And it's the weirdest sense of contentment for me. But at the end of the night, if my kitchen is clean, I leave one light on. It's almost a romantic thing. And then I turn the dishwasher on. And if I'm sitting in the other room and I can look over there and just see a dimly lit kitchen and the dishwasher running, that just makes me feel like, okay, we're, we're in the denouement of the day. We're easing into the night and all my stuff is you know, organized. And- I don't think you should call your wife the dishwasher. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, was, that is not good. Leaping over the line there. OG. <laughs> but, uh, so that's one of my, I didn't realize that was a thing until we just talked about it earlier, but I definitely do that. Um, I try to read for, I say an hour a day, but it's really between 30 and 45 minutes. I got to read something, whether out of a printed material, not on my phone. And then uh, I walk or hike three miles just about every day. Uh, I would say at least six days a week, I get three miles of hiking in. So uh, those are the things I do. And I guess you could call it exercise, but I doubt it because I don't think my heart rate is peaking. But those are the things I do to to stay sane. It's funny you're, when you talked about the, the the kitchen and having the dimly lit light. Karen, our producer in our show chat here, said my mom would clean the kitchen and then light a candle, signaling the kitchen is closed, and it smelled good. Which is how do we know that nice. she didn't need to light that candle? <laughs> exactly what I thought. <laughs> Could be all the above. Who knows? What was for dinner? Was it beans? Yes. Who knows where where that goes? I think that's going to do it for today. But before we leave, let's see what's happening where all of you are. OG, big plans this weekend? No plans this weekend. How great is that? Yeah. So yeah, good. Nice. Maybe play that. a little golf. Not sure. That is fantastic. Back and Beyond, maybe Home Depot. <laughs> that, time. See, you lost me there. If we had no Bed Bath and Beyond, no Home Depot, I'm good. Like nothing is better. Paula Pant, thanks for hanging out again. What's going on at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, well, I actually interviewed you. That came out. Uh, wow! Hey, came out a while ago. It came out right after New Year's. But uh, you know, normally when you're on the Afford Anything podcast, you and I are answering questions that come from the community. This episode that that you and I did together is one in which 
I wouldn't say the tables are turned, but the tables are different in that uh, you sat in the interviewee seat and I sat in the interviewer seat. And we had probably the deepest discussion about Stacked, about Mm -hmm. my book that I've had on any podcast. Like we talked about the stuff from the back of the book, the efficient frontier, modern portfolio theory. Exactly. Exactly. I gave it the least clickable title in the history of podcast titles. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Practical Investing and the Efficient Frontier was what I called it. (laughs) The title puts people to sleep, Paula. (laughs) Yes. But actually, it's a great discussion. And you correct me when I talk about what was going on in Harry Markowitz's head. (laughs) That's true. You kept saying that's not true, which... (laughs) That is correct. You, I think, were projecting some of your own wine-soaked financial yes. revelations onto Harry Markowitz. Yeah. Apparently Harry Markowitz wasn't uh, drinking wine and getting all excited while he was creating the efficient frontier. OG. I didn't know that was the truth, but huh. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Doc G what's happening at the earn and invest podcast, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us again, by the way. It is my pleasure. First and foremost, in the Doc G household, we're going to be staring at the windowsills, making sure that there are no errant squirrels <laughs> caught sunbathing themselves. But at Earn and Invest, it will be much more exciting. We have an interesting conversation with Jess and Lauren from Bitches Get Riches and Kirsten from Rich and Regular. And we're going to talk about what the FIRE movement, Financial Independence Retire Early Movement, and the great resignation, what they can learn from each other. It's it's an interesting talk about why people leave their jobs for different reasons and what these two movements maybe could share. I love that. Like, don't cross the streams, or in this case, maybe do cross the streams, to quote Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, um, people left during the great resignation. They left their jobs for a very different reason then people from the financial independence movement leave their jobs. And so I, I just thought it was a real interesting juxtaposition of why people go. And that's at the Earn and Invest podcast, wherever better podcasts are distributed. And by the way, Paula, just to clarify, uh, Ghostbusters was a movie that they just redid that came out in the 80s at first. <laughs> just What's a movie? To make sure that you're, that you're in on the discussions that we're having. Don't want to leave anybody behind, you know. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, you've got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, I'll tell everybody what they should have learned today. First, want to change your money trajectory? Don't think about adding individual tasks to your to-do list. Think about integrating habits to focus on those things that are really worth doing. Second, writing down your thoughts may be the key to happiness. Take it from Paula. You never know what's going to come out of your fingertips. Yep, that sounded just as weird as when she said it. (laughs) But the big lesson? I've been doing the math on this cuddling business. Next time your partner wants to cuddle, start your stopwatch and let them know it's going to cost a buck 30 a minute. In fact, I'm going to start my side hustle for 2022 right now. Get in here, Joe. Let's hug it out, bitch. This show is copyright 2022 and is property of SB Podcasts, LLC. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you're listening to us right now. Thanks to Doc G for contributing today. You'll find his podcast, Earn and Invest, wherever finer podcasts are sold. Our show is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words and their earning potential. 
Find out more about how she can help you make a career as a writer at thatwriterpaulette.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Rapine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday at Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. I'm looking at uh, social media during our 45 seconds of silence there. And uh, our friend Tony, who listens to the show from West Michigan, said, I guess Twitter support locked me out of my account for 18 hours because they thought I was an animal abuser after I talked about the lions being beaten yesterday, <laughs> With which the lions did not get beaten. Uh, the lions actually won. As we record this, their last game of the year, but he was sure that the Lions were going to get beaten, and so Twitter decided he was an animal abuser. I feel like, oh gee, that uh, there there have been a lot of teams over the past like forty years that have been lion abusers. Exactly. <laughs> they all look team. forward to it too. They I totally know. do. Well, the Lions finished three and thirteen this year, three thirteen and one, something like that. Yeah, Dan Campbell lost a lot of fans. I know they lost Doug, but what was amazing to me is he he didn't lose the team, which is exciting. Yeah, three and thirteen. I don't know. Seems like something got lost. No, I, I would Self agree with you, pride. Joe. The, the players have continued to show their support for him. Yeah, he, the, did not, he has not lost the team. Yeah, no, the players, the last end of the season came out in every game. Like, they could have phoned it in, and they clearly weren't at the end of the, at the, end of the year. But, but anyway. In true Lion fashion, they screwed up their number one draft pick. That's, it. That's the whole over. They couldn't even fail successfully. Correct. <laughs> Can't win for losing. Couldn't even, yeah, it, it turns out that, oh, what's his name? The, the the Jacksonville coach, he got fired. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer even succeeded at getting last before we did. <laughs> so whether he's, wherever he's been, he just. He's a winner. Yes. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about actually people you've been around that have some habits that are may not some, you know, we talked about great habits today, but what are some just, just nightmare habits you've seen people have where you go, wow, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that's a habit you should you should intentionally try to get rid of. Uh, I know one roommate of mine, and I didn't realize this before he, he was my roommate, liked to uh, get some spaghetti and take one of our bathroom towels and put the <laughs> towel over his leg. And he'd eat spaghetti sitting like five, five inches, I felt, from the TV. And uh, he'd like scoot up right in front of the TV put the, the plate of spaghetti in his lap and then he'd use the, the towel from the bathroom to wipe his mouth. 
And it was just, he, number one, he's sitting in front of everybody else in the room. Like, I'm not kidding. There'd be like four of us in the room and he would move his chair up and sit in front of us and then wipe with the towel. And I was like, that, that is a habit you may want to reconsider. Joe, I got a good one on this and it, it, it blows my mind still. I knew this guy in college and you would go to his place. You'd be watching TV. He would go into the bathroom, sit on the toilet, eat pudding and talk to you. While what? he was going, while he was going oh to the bathroom, what <laughs> he would eat, eat pudding. He would eat pudding. He would like he would bring like a thing of chocolate pudding in there, sit oh, on the toilet, go to the bathroom, leave the door open, and talk to you. Wait a minute, so so specific. It's multitasking. What? <laughs> and this was, you know, he was not my friend. I was friends with his roommate. Otherwise, I that would have been enough for me to end the friendship. But I really liked his roommate, so I'd come hang out with them. And, and sure, it was pudding. But, well, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of the circle life. He's 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 eating pudding and making pudding at the why, same time. Why yeah, did it, it have to be chocolate? It, it was disturbing enough that I didn't want to go over to his house, his apartment. Oh, that oh only, boy! Why only pudding? Why not like I, cereal? You know, I think I'm that was his favorite. Foods. That was his favorite thing to eat. He just I ate got pudding a cheeseburger, and I have to take a dump. But let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it homemade or was it those tiny little like pudding cups? That no, you can, mm-hmm. yeah, it was those kind you get at the store, like the packet of six or twelve. Wow. And, yeah. Hey, can you guys throw me some more tapioca? <laughs> <laughs> I think Clint there's no place. There's no place in leaving the door open when you go to the bathroom. Have you it, have you ever been on a call with somebody and and they accidentally flushed? I, I might have done that. You may have flushed. I might have done. That, you, you may have been the flusher, not the flushy. I, I, I might, may have. Yeah. I'm still not sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what mute's for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was. I, I, my just, cheek must have hit the mute button. Mute and mute and run. Yeah. Yeah. If I was by my toilet, I would have flushed it now as we were talking. But uh, Paula, OG, Doug, any of you guys have them? Or are we out of here? It, it mm. seems like it's roommate story time. Uh, those are always, and roommate air quotes could be your husband or wife. We're not going to disclose, but I had a roommate uh, who could not stop dipping. He was from Kentucky and uh, uh, sounds not, like me, but I, we were never roommates. I know this guy. I mean, his, his lower lip was permanently disfigured because he just would cram half a tin in there or more all the time. And he brought a lazy chair from home, lazy boy, whatever from home and, and would sit there with his spit cup and fall asleep. And inevitably that dip cup would tip oh, up. Oh. into the chair, onto oh. the rug. I mean, like every three days he was dumping that. And it was usually like half to two thirds full. Oh, yeah. One of those big stadium cups. Oh. It was just disgusting. Yes, just keep stuffing like napkins in oh. there. Oh, I was on a, I was on a flight with a very famous football coach sitting next to me and just happened to be there. And, uh, and he was a big tobacco guy and I was across the aisle. So I was sitting on, on one you know, on the aisle and he was sitting on the other, you know, other seat across the aisle. And then he had this other person next to him who was not part of his traveling party. And he whips out his laptop, throws a big, big dip in and sets a big cup, like right, you know, he's traveling on like Delta or whatever. Sets this big cup right on his little tray table and starts, you know, just going to town and spitting this cup. Oh. And I'm, thinking, I'm like, Oh my God, the, the littlest amount of turbulence. And this thing's going to end up all over this person next to him. And it never happened. It was like the smoothest flight ever. And I was just like, wow, that is so risky. Like the, the, the risk reward is not that high for this. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't get it. That's why, Paula, I noticed when you came to Texarkana, like you always kept your dip cup like off to the side. 
<laughs> yeah, Smart. exactly. So you got a exactly. lid. You got to cover it up. <laughs> Kept it six feet away. <laughs> it was good. Good hygiene. Good practice. Because actually, in in college, one time a friend did that, and uh, and I sat my beer next to his, and you know where this is going because he was using his beer as his cup, and I picked it up. And, oh, yeah, and I surprise, I could surprise. I could not stop hurling for about the next ten minutes. Oof. It was not good. Boy, boy, this is going south quick. This is so <laughs> awesome. Holy cow, what a crappy Talk about after bad show. habits. Yeah, Paula, uh, you got one? Geez, I mean, you know, when you said th- examples of bad habits, I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a friend, a good friend who stays up way too late and he's routinely <laughs> texting me at like 4 a.m. Oh, Joe's when- got friends that make people, make him drink his chew spit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Just say we blew through that one at the introduction. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Everything I've got sounds tame in comparison. Well, Paula, just tell them about um, how you bite your toenails. Bite my toenails? Whoa. Wow. Um, You know, no, I I can't say that I've ever done that, that I'm at least not as an adult. I mean, sometimes you see little kids sticking their toes in their mouth, like in a stroller. I thought she was going to say, at least not as a sober adult. (laughs) (laughs) As far as you know, I don't do that. She's how about how about that friend of yours, Paula, who who blows their weekly paycheck on that high class hugger in Portland? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you know, what, one of the, <laughs> three hour session every day adds up. No, I swear quite, to God, quite God. expensive. I swear to God, they were a hugger. No, it it's a, a hugger. It's a hugger. It's, it's a quite a hugger. Yeah, quite expensive, but not as expensive as some people think. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval. 